Good Sunday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Joe and Joe. <laughs> what was that? It's 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 unbelievable to me because my phone is plugged in on the other side of the room. It it's been absolutely silent all morning long. All not a sound. Nobody messaging nothing. Okay. Soon as it go on the air. The minute I start this show, the same thing happens when I'm when I'm taping stuff. If I'm taping Weather in Five, and I'll you know sometimes I'll forget sometimes to turn the notifications off. The, the minute I start, uh, they'll come one after another after another. It it just it's it, it doesn't stop. All right. Anyway, um, that's you know the, that's the conspiracy world that I live in. Uh, the uh, Joe Rayo is on my left. I am Joe Chaffee, and welcome to the Sunday Morning Joe and Joe Weather Show, which is live from Marietta, Georgia today, and brought to you by a Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini, your complete holiday lighting specialist, meeting all your decorating needs. Do not forget, folks, that tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, October the 5th, there is an open house free event for contractors and those of you who are in that this business of decorating other people's homes or maybe you want to make that part of your own business. The open house is on Tuesday, October the 5th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And that's at 164 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York. And anybody from anywhere can come to this. Uh, and the telephone number is 631 nine five seven five one zero six uh to rsvp or you can go to the website liholidaylighting.com and the gold is in the wreaths are in uh the halloween stuff is there everything as far as um christmas or the, the holidays all ready to go and i think we're already down to like 85 days before santa comes calling so wholesale holiday lighting by giannini also Brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 uh, North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125 for the best prices in town. Remember, folks, salt is going to be at a premium. There is a shortage, so if, and they got it. So get your orders in, uh, Pelado, uh, Mag Ice Pellets and Flakes, and just about anything you need to get you through uh, this coming winter, 631-756-1125 for the best prices in town. And the website is omnitruevalue.com. So we'll say goodbye to that. Let's bring us back in. Uh, I, um, you, Everybody's commenting about the clock. Yes. Uh, it's already on its, you know, I pointed out to Joe, it's on standard time already because this is not, you um, this is not doesn't work on daylight saving time. It only works on standard time. So it stays on standard time all year round. It, that's that's okay. a, that is a that is a fact. Sorry. Right. Well, it's a lovely looking clock, and it's certainly you know, just, we just have to remember to mentally when we see you uh, in front of the clock to just add one hour. And as I pointed out to you, Joe, we still have five more weeks of daylight time. This year is one of those years where Daylight time will last its absolute longest. We will not go back on standard time until Sunday, the 7th of November. So we're going to be stuck with this nonsense all the way through the first week of November. 
And that last day before we change over to standard time, the sun will be coming up uh, as late in the year as it will during the middle part of the winter time. So it, it, it's crazy. So those of you who, you know, are, are well to the west, if you're on the flanking western side of a, of a time zone, you will find that the sun will be coming up at a crazy hour, like eight o'clock in the morning, 8.30, not, you know, and it's all due again to the fact that we do this stupidity every year of pushing the clocks forward in March. I'm in one of those, I'm in one of those places. I mean, I'm already, I already have my sun, you know, my sunrise right now is it uh, after 7.30. I mean, wow. it's, it's still dark. I mean, it's still pitch black up until about seven o'clock, 7.15 before the sun wow. gets, you know, I know the mountains are, you know, delay the, me actually seeing rays of sun, but yeah, you're right. In another 30 days, my sunrise is going to be at like 8.15 until they move the clock back uh, an hour. But on the other hand, my sunsets are a little bit later. So the sun's out till 5.30 or so. Even even on the show, you know, you get to those short days in December, it's, it doesn't really set till after 5, 5.30, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Okay. But So we're, we've got uh, two tropical systems, one hanging on by a thread for tropical identity and the other one that has been very robust and very spirited so to speak for the last week or 10 days now winding down as it gets its uh, toes into the colder waters of the north atlantic and uh, from the from the track that i saw last night joe they've got this thing flying up toward greenland and iceland <laughs> yeah it, it it is um <clears throat> Amazing, because we haven't been on since Wednesday, so uh, Sam actually got back almost to a Cat 5 <laughs> while it was uh, go, you know, making its closest pass to Bermuda. It was never going to get, uh, and, and it, once it became apparent on what was going on, it was never going to really get near Bermuda. I know they put up a tropical storm watch up over there. I don't know if they ever actually went to a warning. I doubt that they did, because it looked like it passed a good couple of hundred miles to the east. But yeah, this thing's been around forever. I, I think it's at the point now it, it'll become some sort of post-tropical cyclone, and who knows, you know, what it'll do with respect to, uh, you know, altering the longer-range pattern. Maybe it'll have a hand in in, in moving some chess pieces around uh, over in Europe and in Asia, and then eventually, you know, that that'll just sort of play its way down across uh, North America. I didn't really give a good, you know, good solid look to the long range. So, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but sometimes these things do have a way of triggering changes wholesale for um, across uh, across the northern hemisphere. Well, it it certainly has a you know, toward the toward toward its end, it has like a weird looking track. I mean, you know, it, it 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 it's it's by the as we get into Early Tuesday, it's taking the classic, you know, north northeast turn, uh, curving, and then all of a sudden, uh, as it transitions to a uh, tropical system or an extra tropical storm system, it kind of goes sharply to the east and then goes up to the north and then it curves to the west. Yeah, here's it's, here, it's, it's I really just, weird. Here's the track. I'll bring up the Hurricane Center's forecast. It is a bit bizarre, but yeah, it probably has to do with the fact that it 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 it, it either merges or becomes a sort of extra tropical cyclone and you have to wait for the um you know the upper low sometimes up there you get these storms that drop southwestward before they uh 
you know, southwest of Greenland, and then they take off to the east-northeast and race toward Iceland and, and, and Western Europe, northwestern Europe and the UK. So, yeah, it's a little, they do bizarre things up there. Well, the people in Iceland, they're bizarre in their own right or whatever. It's, don't don't ask me why, but I've, I've dealt with people from Iceland, and they can be a little strange sometimes. Let's Let's put it that way. Beautiful country, but, you know, I guess you have to be weird to to live up there. Strange, strange in a good, you know, in a good way or a bad way. Uh, you know, in in a good way, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, they do the they say the same things, by the way, about people who live in Newfoundland. In fact, they make what they call newfie jokes uh, in the rest of Canada. Oh, did you hear about the newfie who went to you know? Yeah, something exactly. like those kind of jokes. What what are you doing? Uh, the executive producer just gave me a quick comb out. Oh, okay. It's not, well, it's not working. You're off screen anyway. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm off screen, so you could do whatever you she want could, to do. She could do anything she wants. She could put your makeup on, too, if you should like. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so, anyway. Are you all, I, to quote Thelma Ritter, are you all put together? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think I am. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I pulled up the GFS, which has this has Sam well southeast of Newfoundland. And then you're right, it goes, it does this, uh, it does this cyclonic loop well to the southeast of Greenland. It's like a 960-ish low. And then it starts to go east-northeast to northeast, does another cyclonic loop between Iceland and Greenland. And then after that, it finally takes off because there's another new low that forms a non-tropical low that forms southeast of Newfoundland and then goes around and does the same sort of thing. So yeah, it's pretty pretty weird looking out there. And now the, we're down to uh we've got the V storm Victor out there clinging yeah, that, to Yeah, uh, that's done. I mean, that's going to be done soon. It's a it's a sheer depression. It, it's it that's going away. And then we have Wanda but I don't think I don't think that the, the the one other disturbance that they're looking at doesn't have a very high probability in the immediate future of developing. But uh, we, it looks like we're about to run out of names again, Joe. Uh, the, yeah, we only got one left. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think I think the area to watch in the first 10 days of October, because we get we've already gotten now in the third day. But let's say over the next 10 days is probably watch the area from the northwest Caribbean to the Eastern Gulf, to the Bahamas, because that's the area with the upper pattern, the way it's setting up in the Eastern part of the United States. I think that's the one area that where you're gonna see lower than normal pressures. And, and the models have been kind of, more the GFS than anything else. The other models haven't really shown too much of this, but mo the uh, GFS in particular has been showing something trying to develop down there on, on various runs. It's still trying to do it. You know, we have this onshore flow in the eastern part of the United States setting up this week. So um, that's probably the one place I would I would I would watch uh, a, a little more carefully. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And things are winding down now. I mean, like, as, as we know, uh, the the time for the greatest threat, let's say, for tropical uh, activity comes from the 10th of August to the 10th of October. And we're moving uh, quickly toward the latter part of that uh, time frame now. However, let's point out that Sandy, for example, didn't come until 
like the 28th, the 29th of October. Right. So we still could, we still, even that late in the season can have some problems uh, all dependent upon just how, uh, how uh, tempestuous the upper atmosphere may be in the uh, tropical regions uh, as we move on through uh, this month of October. Yeah, you usually see about nine, uh, storms that, in, that, that impact you know, the, uh, the, the, the eastern United States, but particularly the mid-Atlantic and northeast, the vast majority of them probably occur between August 1st and October 1st. And once you get beyond October 1st, it's probably most years, it's a pretty safe bet that the Northeast is done because um, uh, unless you have uh, some sort of non-tropical influence with a deep trough and an upper low coming down to sort of take any tropical system that's out there, plus it's got to line up, as usual, it's got to line up almost perfectly. Like you said, you had, you had a sandy uh, at the end of October, but that's you. That's more the exception than the rule. The other thing is, Joey, go easily wipe out the last name just from the standpoint you get into October and November. This is some, usually the next, let's say, four or five weeks is a time frame where you could get these lows that are out in the middle of the Atlantic that start out as these non-tropical systems and then eventually – uh, evolve into tropical systems because the ocean is still pretty warm. So you could easily get two or three named storms to form out, fish storms to form out in the central Atlantic uh, in the next uh, six weeks uh, and get us onto that secondary list for the second year in a row, by the way. Pretty amazing. We, I mean, like the, before, I mean, last year we did it, but then the year previous to that was 2005. So you say, well, this is something that only happens you know, every once in a great while, every, uh, you know, on average, every 10 or 15 years, but to do it back to back, you know, that it'll be interesting now to see what happens next year and see if we uh, run through the list quickly uh, as we've done this year and the year before, then uh, truly we may be into a rather special uh, stage of, uh, of tropical an annual tropical development. Right. And meanwhile, uh, as, as is typical in early October, take a look at the, Watches and warnings map of the Weather Service across the U.S. Now, I don't particularly count dense fog advisories, okay? I know some people get excited over dense fog advisories, but they're not my thing. So I really don't regard that as, you know, anything major, unless, you know, that's, that's, that's a very local sort of thing. But in terms of all the other stuff like flash flood warnings, flash flood watches, severe weather watches and warnings, winter storm watches and warnings, and so on, there ain't a thing going on, Joe, from Maine to Florida, clear west to California, Oregon, and Washington State. Nothing. Wow. Amazing. So we don't have much to talk about, do we? Except that this week looks like we will have, uh, because of... Um, minor and i will stress this minor weather disturbances there will be some bouts of rain although nothing you know horrendously heavy uh here uh during the next uh, several days but you know that's 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 to be expected although as i mentioned before we moved into this month of october uh climatologically speaking uh, october is the clearest month of the year in this part of the country and certainly joe you can't you can't argue with the first three days of October. These these days have been sterling, resplendent, beautiful, and also rather coolish in the early morning hours as well. By the way, we have winter weather advisories up in Alaska, uh, including Fairbanks. 
Uh, we have winter storm warnings for the areas east of Fairbanks, and I'm trying to maneuver. You know, the Weather Service, the Weather Service Fairbanks uh, Forecast Office page is a little different from some of the other pages, so it's a little harder to find things. They got this gigantic map, uh, you know, rather than, and, and, and you can't really click on anything in here, so I'm just trying. Let's see. I could try that one. Let's see. I'm trying to see. Because I always like to read their forecasts. So at Delta Junction, uh, which is near Fort Greeley Allen Army Airfield, ticker symbol PABI, uh, light snow two and a half miles and 29 there. And they have a winter storm warning. Uh, now for this particular spot, let's see, you read these forecasts. I always get a kick out of it. Uh, snow likely before 1 p.m., high near 31, chance of precip 70%, total snow accumulation less than one inch. And then a 40% chance of snow tonight, then mostly cloudy with a low of 19. So yet they have a winter storm warning out, and I'm trying to find, let's see what the link says. So this is for the upper Tanana Valley and the 40-mile country. Have you been to the 40-mile country, Joe? No. No, okay. I've been to Alaska, but I've not been to the 40-mile country, no. Okay. This includes, by the way, Tak, Tanacross, Eagle, Tetlin, Northway, Alcan, as in Alcan Aluminium, Chicken, Chicken, Alaska, <laughs> and Boundary, Alaska. So they're forecasting, let's see, one to three inches. Locally gusty winds along the Alaska Highway will cause blowing and drifting. So, um that for them is a winter storm warning. So Are I you say that includes that includes talk. It doesn't include tick. No, right. Tick is not in it. Talk is right. Ten across eagle, but not hawk. You know, yes. Tetlin, Northway, Alcan, Chicken, and Boundary. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, here in the Northeast. Uh, if you go up uh, into uh, north of you, Mr. Rayo, uh, but you have to go uh, still a fair distance, uh, probably up closer to the I-90 corridor. They're getting, there's a lot of clouds and showers, and those extend up into northern New England. But south of there and, and right down along the coastal plain, clear down to uh, southeast Georgia and Florida, it is uh, really a, a, another one of these nice days. But uh, you go along the spine of the Appalachians and head up northward and westward, and then you know turning up into upstate New York, you have clouds and showers. That awaits us. I get wakes the east for Monday, but squeezing out one day, one more day from eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England with temperatures uh, probably reaching up into the low 80s in some places this afternoon. Yes, yes, uh, and, and and this will be probably one of the last days for a little while because. Uh, uh, it does turn uh, cooler as we move on through uh, much of next week. But, uh, you know, these these days that flirt with 80, they're going to be fewer and much further between as we progress through uh, the coming weeks. Of course, you would expect that since we're now, you know, more than a couple of weeks into uh, the, the fall season, the official ast astronomically. Meteorologically, we're into fall now for more than a month. Yep. Here's, uh, here's the disturbed weather you mentioned sitting... Uh over the east of the Bahamas and north of Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, extending down into the Caribbean. Very disorganized, obviously, but that's what the Hurricane Center 
is watching uh, over the next five days. That's the one system that they did mention in their outlook. Meanwhile, you look out in the West, uh, it is uh, bone dry and sunny and nice and nothing as far as extreme weather is concerned going on over there. Uh, on the radar, and I'll give this a quick refresh here so we get the full U.S. view, and it's all east of the Mississippi, whatever precip there is, uh, you have these showers, again, right along the I-90 I corridor across New York State and then uh, into southern Vermont, New Hampshire, and southern Maine. Also seeing some showers extending back down toward I-81 uh, near Binghamton and uh, south of Syracuse, so going down into north, into north central PA. A uh, couple of showers even sneaking into northern Connecticut now, but everybody else is dry. See, it's all bone dry down to the south. Uh, I am uh, the showers because I'm I'm uh, in beautiful downtown Marietta, Georgia, right today. Uh, but there are some heavier downpours well north and west of me. So if you can take I-75 up north toward Knoxville, uh, that's where you start to get into these uh, showers that you see there in northwest Georgia and uh, moving up on up into eastern Tennessee. Meanwhile, uh, on the Florida Panhandle, we've got some showers and storms and a couple of special marine warnings up. Uh, between Panama City and Pensacola, and further to the west, uh, it starts the precip all generally cuts off west of the Mississippi, a little bit of action there across the Great Lakes. So so as all this shifts eastward tomorrow, I, I the way I, I worded it, Joe, I just kind of went for like some on and off, you know, sort of these some on and off scattered clusters of showers uh, later tonight and Monday. Uh, some areas in between that will either be sitting in clouds. I wouldn't even be surprised if you go, you know, you, some places go cloudy to partly sunny for a couple of hours, depending on where you are. This does not look like it's going to be, it's not very organized. I don't think this is going to be one of these wholesale widespread rainfall events when it gets in here for overnight and tomorrow. So, I mean, so you're not looking for, uh, in, your, in your mind, because I had back. Back when we parted company on Wednesday, I was looking ahead to Monday, Tuesday, and I said, well, the, the total amount of precip over those couple of days could possibly reach upwards to maybe a half to one inch. Yeah, I could, so I, I could see that, yeah. But we're not talking about anything like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Ida or... Uh, Oh no! Something, clearly something, not something atrocious, something atrocious like that. Yeah. No, no. I, I just, I just don't think it's going to be one of these situations where it, you know, it starts raining, say after midnight tonight, and then it rains straight through all day tomorrow into tomorrow night. It, you know, there's, it, there's going to, it's going to vary. Some places yes, some places no, some places somewhere in between. I don't see this as a widespread, you know, washout type of day, at least from what I'm looking at. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. I do, we're still in the process here at the uh, at the Rayo household of uh, draining the pool. So we've, we'd like to have a, a little bit of dry weather while we're draining. Dwayne, the bathtub, I'm drowning. But uh, no, uh, that's, what, that's what we're in the midst of doing here. That's our project as we uh, go through the pro process of taking down the semi-obnoxious. I know when you when you lived on Long Island, you referred to your pool as the obnoxiously large swimming pool. Right. We have we only have a semi semi obnoxious, obnoxiously large uh, swimming pool. So. <laughs> I loved my obnoxiously large swimming pool. You could do laps in it. 
It got it, it, it got its use. I got good use out of it. Well, we got good use out of ours. I mean, uh, just to make a, a short story long or a long story short, we, uh, we, we, we always had in one corner of the pool. I don't know how many of you have pools at your home. And we have a this is a, a kayak type pool. And there are panels rimming all the way around the periphery of the pool. One panel a few years ago got warped and uh, slowly but surely with, with the passage of time, it became more and more warped to the point where now you can actually see the pool, the inside of the pool, the pool uh, uh, cover, not the pool cover, the, uh, the uh, pool liner jutting out or kind of sticking out. Obviously that was something that needed to be taken care of. But if you did, but if you take it, but Joe, the problem is with a pool like this, in order to fix it, you have to first drain the pool. Yeah. Then you have to take off the cover. Yeah. In order to fix the fix the panel, that's that's a that's a lot of money. So, Renata and I, we looked at each other and said, you know, it's time. Right. So we're gonna take we're gonna just take the whole darn thing down and just stay the hell with it. <laughs> you, you didn't need a CO for the pool, did you? No. In fact, I went down to uh, the local uh, town hall, and believe it or not, and I I I, I found this amazing. Uh, the person behind the desk said, "If you take it down, you don't need a permit for that. Don't you don't have to worry about anything like that." I said, "Oh, well, thank you." Yeah, because some some towns I shall go unmentioned. Not that I live in such a town anymore. Um, <laughs> you needed a you needed a permit to put the pool in and get the CO. And then if you took the pool down, if you if you took your pool out, you'd have to get another permit to take the pool out. But that doesn't make any sense. Why would you Why would you need a CO? I mean, certainly you don't occupy the pool. Well, you well, need do you to, occupy the pool perpetually or whatever. <laughs> you know, well, in 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 the People's Republic of the town of Brookhaven on Long Island, I mean, you basically you, you needed a CO to put up a mailbox. Uh, oh, you know, I know that. You bought your kid. I know if, that. If you bought your daughter a doll's house, they'd come over and try to tax it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just it 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 was just ridiculous. Some I of lived the things. I lived in the People's Republic of Levittown. Right. And in the People's Republic of Levittown, we put a side door in our in our oh. uh, garage. Oh. And, and oh. the horrors. And I, I don't need to tell you, you know, the headaches that that invoked or whatever. So, but no, we will we will not have a problem in dismantling and getting rid of our semi-obnoxiously large pool, and we're doing it now. Obviously, it doesn't work if you try to do it in December or well, January. Well, I, 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 I know someone who, who put up a shed and didn't – now, certain sheds you don't need a CO for, but this one he needed a CO for. So he put up a shed and didn't get a CO for it. Now he's taking the shed down, okay? So they're making – they made him – pay and, and we're talking we're, we're not talking small amounts of money here right okay right uh but he had to pay to, to get a permit to take down a shed that he did not have a co for ouch and, and you know what what really is now that we're on the subject what really is that drives me drove me crazy with this stuff was that you could talk to three different people in the in the town you could talk to three different people in the town and get three different answers so right. you're forced to hire an expediter because i had some minor things that had to be taken care of and i just was not going to deal with them so um the one thing i do recommend highly 
is the day that you have the town inspector coming to check out whatever it is you're doing, get a pork shoulder and have it cooking in the oven. <laughs> either, either the either right, no, I'm serious. Either that or get about a pound of bacon and have that cooking in the oven. Flood your entire house with the smell of cooking pork. And 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 they could come in with with uh, uh, they could come in with the worst mood and the worst attitude that that you could imagine, and within a couple of minutes of breathing that in, they will be eating out of your hand. They'll sign exactly. off on it. They'll sign off on anything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a that's a secret of mine. I'm, I I share that with all. All right, let's let, let's get this weather stuff wound up for today because it really is on the quiet side. One of the things I, I did notice, Joe, on the teleconnection, so we got two kind of opposing, what I would describe as sort of opposing teleconnections working. Uh, the NAO is actually, for, uh, right now, is in a strongly negative position, and it's forecast to stay that way uh, for a few more days. And then it stays negative, although it comes up, let's call it less negative, but it does stay negative through the first, the entire first half of the month of October. Uh, and on the other side of that is you have the Pacific North America index, which is actually also negative. It's at a neutral position today uh, and is now going negative and kind of, you know, stays negative for the next so the next two weeks. So you've got this. You've got one teleconnection that favors ridging in the in the east and troughing in the west and. The ridging in the east is kind of getting offset by that negative NAO because that's building pressures up in the North Atlantic. So it keeps us from getting, I would say, it keeps us from getting too much above normal. We'll have above normal temperatures for the most part over the next 10 days or so, maybe a little bit longer. But we're not looking at, you know, what I don't think we're looking at any any kind of setup here that screams temperatures in the 80s day after day after day. Uh, if, any, right. if anything, the NAO is going to try to keep the flow as onshore as possible uh, for much of the time. Correct. Correct. And, you know, as far as precipitation is concerned, it seems like we're still in kind of a, it's a pattern right now with that stalled weather front in our vicinity. It seems to be in a pattern where we're going to be dealing with um, above normal precipitation or near near to above normal precip chances for the next week or so. But then uh, it looks like, Joe, there's going to be a ridge in the upper atmosphere during the mid and latter part of the month that's going to literally build forcefully from southern Canada and through the Great Lakes and on into the northeastern United States. And I think that by mid and late month, we may be looking at not only above normal temperatures, but also drier than normal conditions. So we're in a little bit of a setback now with, again, uh, a little showery and maybe uh, near or slightly coolish conditions. But I think once we get to mid and late October um, and uh, the CPC, the Climate Prediction Center, seems to be uh, echoing this, we may be looking at uh, a nice spell of, uh, of dry and rather mild weather for uh, the latter part of the month. Right. In fact, I just actually brought up uh, the GFS uh two-week snowfall forecast map for North America. And if anything tells you what the prime, you know, if you just looked at, had one map to look at, uh, and <clears throat> we're, we're asked to describe what does the upper air look like, well, guess what? Uh, trough in the west, ridge in the east. 
and the right. uh, the snow cover, the snowfall forecast reflects that completely because there's no snow in uh, being forecast to fall in much of eastern Canada and plenty of it in western Canada. And then it actually, and there's nothing, I, I wouldn't, you know, really uh, derive anything of importance in terms of the long range out of this. This is a pretty normal occurrence where you wind up seeing, uh, you know, snow cover building up first in western Canada and up in Alaska and uh, even down in the northwestern part of the U.S. before it starts to build up in the eastern part of the U.S. I, that that happens most years. And Bill Rogers on the chat board is asking me any early call for Columbus Day. And actually, if I and, and just realizing now that I believe next weekend is the holiday weekend, Columbus Day holiday weekend. Is that correct? Or uh, I believe so. See, when it, when you say Columbus Day to me. I'm old fashioned. I think of October 12th because not only is that the traditional Columbus Day, but it's also my mom's birthday. Right. So I always used to think, I always used to ask my mother when I was a little boy, I said, How come everybody takes the day off on it on your birthday? And she said, Because I'm so important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this year, but, uh, uh, this year, but uh, next Monday is the, is, is the holiday, is October the uh, 11th. So it's only off by a day. But right, I also right. always remember the 12th as being Columbus Day. Yes, yes. That was that was always a. I wouldn't say it was a big deal in my house, but you know, it was kind of recognized as you know, Italian Day or something, right? Along right. those lines. Um, meanwhile, by the way, I I also just pulled up because I know somebody's going to ask about this uh, because we are now going to be starting to pay attention to this month the uh, the indicator that used to work until everybody started paying attention to it and hasn't worked since uh the siberian snow cover growth uh for the month of october and it actually looks pretty robust uh it, uh, it has been a, a robust uh, even before uh, the month began uh kind of started early and it's um you know looks pretty robust over the next 10 days to two weeks so this takes us through October 19th. The area to watch is, by the way, on the is the Western flag over in the Eastern Europe and Western uh, Russia, Western Siberia is being more important, you know, according to the theory uh, that uh, uh, ample snow cover growth there is a sign of, uh, you know, cooler or a colder, snowier winter, particularly in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states. Uh, like I said, Joe, it was an indicator that was working for quite well until everybody started looking at it and then it stopped working. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is usually how things, you know, you, that's usually how things um, happen. Everybody figures, uh, you know, figures something out and then suddenly nature says, okay, well, we're not going to do it. We're, we're not going to look at that anymore. And by the way, uh, just looking at the upper air, uh, you, we do see, Joe, pri primarily, again, you, you know, the negative NAO is trying to hold the heights down to some degree, but, you know, gen in general, you've got deep troughing in the west, and you've got ridging in the east, and that carries us on through the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually it'll break down, so, uh, it'll, but at least at least uh, through the next two weeks, there's not going to be a whole lot, uh, a lot, a whole lot of change, and probably not a whole lot going on. Unless something tropical comes up or sets up in, a, in an odd way, 
I was just going to say, in case something, you know, out of the blue, you, you, we, we say right now, oh, nothing's going to happen for the next week or two. And all of a sudden, the renegade tropical system, maybe south of Puerto Rico, suddenly pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, uh, because of the uh, setup of a ridge over the eastern United States or whatever, the thing may slowly crawl northward. And, you know, all of a sudden, the whole long range is like thrown in the garbage. <laughs> these things, these things tend to happen more, more often than not, especially in my early days as a forecaster, I would make the pronouncement on a radio station. Well, we have nothing to worry about for the next week or so. And like, literally the words weren't out of my mouth, but all of a sudden, like the next day, the national hurricane center said uh, disturbance forming off of the Southeast coast right. of the United States, and, you know? Yeah. It's, boom. it's, it's, it, it, it's very, it, it's really rare to go, you know, two weeks without seeing anything. So, um, even even taking the tropics out of the equation, uh, and the one thing this week, Joe, just looking at this, this high this high that builds in eastern Canada has the flow mostly onshore. I, I don't. I, sometimes when you get into these situations, it can it could certainly be a, a gloom and doom scenario uh, where it's cloudy for days at a time. I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think it's going to be picture perfect. I think there's going to be enough of an onshore flow, especially given the time of year now with the very low, you know, the, the lowering sun angle. You know, get you get these long nights where you get low clouds and some fog or drizzle that comes in. Uh, it's you know, the sun's going to, you know, it's going to take a lot of work for 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 those low clouds to uh, to burn off. And I think that's the kind of week that it'll be. Uh, the further inland you are, you probably have better luck. You know, this, you can see the GFS has these sort of, you know, you, you get the shower activity for overnight and, and into Monday, of course, and then uh, early Tuesday starts to pull away as the high begins to slowly build down. But there's still, you know, you got that ocean flow and, a, you know, it, that's still going to be hanging around there for the rest of the week. Incidentally, you mentioned just now this the sun angle. And what I'd like to do, what did I just, what happened to that all of a sudden? I have a I have a program, Joe, and I use this for uh, for when I write about uh, um, astronomy, various places. You know, talking about where the sun is, where the planets, and where the moon is. So, what I'd like to do, you have a you have share screen dis disabled, but if you want to give um, it to me, in one moment, it's all yours. You have the you have the board. Okay. Oh, hold this on, is... just a second. Uh, let me fix something here. Uh, shoot. Do me a favor. Just un un unshare for a minute. Unshare for a minute. I'm on one monitor, so I'm, I'm trying to make sure that that er that uh, everybody's see everybody's not seeing that. So hang on one second. Let me set it up correct. Uh, okay, so let's go to Zoom. All right, why did it do that? I didn't want that to happen. Let me put that behind you. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, it's it's trying to stay one step ahead of technology. Okay, now try and share it. Okay, let me just I want to just hit option here for a moment. Viewing location, view from home, Putnam Valley. All right. Uh, this is a very interesting computer program that I have here. It's called um, Starry Night. And it can demonstrate. It's like having your own planetarium on your on your uh, computer screen. 
Now let me just see if I can. Can I move this? I, now are you are you seeing this? Yes, right now, everybody's or? seeing it. There's like a all right. What looks like mountains in the background. Right. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to. Uh, oh, I see. I know why. So there you go. Let's let's move this to uh, to uh, one o'clock or midday. I want to get the sun due south. So there you go, almost due south. This is for August the 23rd at midday from Putnam Valley, New York. There you see the mountains of the horizon. Here's the sun up here. Now, we often talk about the sun angle, the changing sun angle. I want to show you quickly what this, what this looks like. Let's, let's speed up time now and show you what happens. This is the midday sun now, August 23rd. Let's go to August 24th. 25th. Now, now we're going to speed things up, Joe. Look at where the sun is going at midday each day. Now, here we are. This is, uh, this is the first day of fall, September 22nd. And you can see it's noticeably different than it was just a month ago. It was up here on August 22nd at midday. And now it's down here on September 22nd. And now, as we continue to keep moving uh, with this, this is September, October 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th. Let's keep on moving. And the ancient people, when they used to watch, oh, what was that? Oh, that, they, this, that's going to be totally wrong. That, that thing you see protruding out from the sun is the tail of a comet. Sometimes this, sometimes this uh, uh, program tries to interpret comets approaching near the sun and uh, overdoes them, so to speak. Uh, this This... If this were right, we would be seeing a naked eye comet next to the sun on October 19th. That is not going to happen. But anyway, the, the ancient people who used to watch the sky 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, they were very concerned around this time of the year because they noticed that the sun was dropping and getting lower and lower in the sky with each passing day. We don't notice this in our modern world. We don't take note of uh, what's happening in the sky. But the people who lived hundreds and thousands of years ago became very concerned, very concerned. They, and they thought that they, they had no idea what machinery was causing the sun to do this. And uh, they were afraid that maybe the sun would continue its southward journey below the horizon, never to return and plunge us into uh, eternal and perpetual darkness. Here we are now, it's December the 6th. Look at the difference in the southern sun or the midday sun here as compared to where it was back in August when it was considerably warmer and the days were considerably longer. Now, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and we get all the way to the 21st of December, the December solstice. Solstice means sun standing still. The people who lived many, many years ago noticed that right around the 21st and 22nd of December, the sun would stop. The sun would, you've heard of this word armistice. That, that means a ceasing of, of, of hostilities. Solstice means the ceasing of that southerly movement of the sun. And now, after December 22nd, the sun will begin to resume its course back to the north. And now, take a look. Here we go now through January and February. And oh my goodness, March the 10th, 11th, 12th, we're back at the equinox on March the 20th. The sun is climbing. The, the days are getting longer. The days are getting warmer. And because of that uh, spring, the promise of another spring has returned. Incidentally, two and 3,000 years ago, the solstice was not on December 22nd. 
The solstice was on December 25th, and they celebrated the return or the promise of the return of the sun by uh, exchanging gifts, wishing your neighbor goodwill. Uh, back 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, to be a Christian was to be an outlaw. Uh, if you were caught, if you were a Christian identified as one and, uh, you know, uh, were caught, you were sent to the Colosseum in Rome to be fed to a hungry lion for dinner. So the Christians who wanted to celebrate the birth of Jesus decided, well, why don't we celebrate it at a time when everybody else is celebrating something else? And that particular feast in December, the uh, time of the solstice, was called the Saturnalia. And so the Christians very quietly would celebrate while everybody else was celebrating, and they would celebrate in their own right the birth of, of Christ. And eventually, when Christians were no longer outlaws, and eventually uh, they were free to celebrate anything they wanted a few hundred years later, uh, that became ingrained in them that they celebrated uh, the, uh, the date of the birth of Christ on the 25th of December, an affiliation or association with the time of the return of the sun. Um, if you look in the Bible, by the way, and you read St. Luke, you read that at uh, the time when Christ was born, shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. And uh, if that were the case, then Jesus could not have been born on December 25th because December in Judea is a very cold and rainy month. The only time when shepherds are out in the fields are during the spring when lambs are being born. So they have to keep watch over their flock during the nighttime hours. So it's likely that Christ was born in the spring, but we celebrate December 25th because again, the lowering of the sun, the stopping of the sun on, on or around December 25th, when everybody else was celebrating the return of the sun, the promise of spring was coming back. And uh, that is probably how we came up with the tradition of Christmas on December the 25th. I don't know how I got started into the theological basis here. Well, I, I you know, I, I, whether it's December or whether it's spring, Joe, wholesale holiday lighting by Giannini will be there <laughs> <laughs> for all, to take care of all your decora holiday decorating needs at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. And the phone number is 631-957-5106. I figured, you know what, let's just, <laughs> let's go down that particular road, whether you're celebrating, you know, whatever holiday it is, and if it is Saturnalia, or whatever, which they, by the way, uh, one of the one of the funniest uh, Big Bang Theory episodes uh, was, uh, was, a, was the Christmas episode where the, you know, I don't know, where, have you, you've seen the Big Bang Theory. Yes, yes. Well, the Christmas episode is stand, stands out because um, Sheldon, you know, the whole gift thing and, and right. you know, trying to get something of equal value, he finds out that Penny is getting him a, uh, a Christmas gift, uh, and it turns out to be the um, uh, a napkin that Leonard Nimoy had used, and, and Sheldon <laughs> freaks out because this is... I now have Leonard Nimoy's DNA, <laughs> and, 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 and so he, he, he suddenly comes out with all these huge gift baskets to give to Penny and says, I know, it's not enough. It's a very, very, you know, very funny episode. Um, anyhow. Penny. 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 Yeah, Penny. exactly. Penny. 
by the way, that that show is a tribute. That show, in, in a part, in a very small way, is a tribute to one of the great television legends in terms of directing and producing, Sheldon Leonard. Yes. And yes. They, whoever, whoever Sheldon came and Leonard. Up with, That's right. right. I think it was Chuck Lorre who wrote and created The Big Bang Theory, and that is his tribute to Sheldon Leonard. He named one character Sheldon and the other character Leonard. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm sorry. Bill, Bill Rogers, you know I, you, you know I, 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 I like you very much, but I have to shame you for this. He says, "Never heard of heard Big of Bang Big Theory. Bang Is theory. it good?" Well, <laughs> I, I would say, Bill, open up a can of Campbell's soup, sit down in front of the TV, and you could probably find it because it's in syndication. It's, it's on. You know, um, there's got to be some some television channel that you get on your TV antenna up there in Vermont, uh, on your roof, uh, you should be able to be watching The Big Bang Theory. I mean that in the most loving way, by the way. And if you don't know who Sheldon Leonard is, virtually, I would hope, virtually everybody on the chat board has seen the movie at least once. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart that always is broadcast around Christmas time. And in that movie, the guy who owns the local bar his name is Nick, and in fact, uh, he appears uh, later on in the in the movie. Nick, um, Nick is played by Sheldon Leonard. Uh, he's the guy behind it. And and when 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 the guardian angel uh, asks for um, mole wine, he said, "Put a little bit of uh, cider on top of it and be be off with you, young man." That's when Sheldon Leonard comes up with one of the best lines. He slams his hand down. He says, "All right, that does it." Out you two pixies go! Yes, through the door, out the window. That's Sheldon. That's Sheldon Leonard. And he was <laughs> he was also on uh, uh, the I Love Lucy episode when selling the handy dandy vacuum cleaner and right. the handy dandy washing machine. Exactly. Um, it's funny because Sheldon Leonard and also oh uh, God, I, um, he uh, he he Aaron Spelling, um, Aaron, Aaron Spelling. Spelling uh, who produced so many shows uh, in the '70s, Dynasty, uh, the whole you know whole slew of those ABC shows were Aaron's, Aaron Spelling Productions. But uh, before he became a producer, he was a bit player uh, and an actor. And his first television appearance was on "I Love Lucy" in the Bent Fork, Tennessee episode with Teensy and Weensy. <laughs> He's actually in an opening scene that you don't, unless you, unless you have a, a copy of the full episode, which I do, uh, they usually don't air the opening scene before they ride in, speeding into Ben Fork, which is usually the opening shot of them driving their car into Ben Fork right. going fast. There's actually a scene before that where they're stopped at a gas station just as they get into Tennessee. And, he, and the guy, and, right. and they're asking him, is there any way we can get, away, get around right. Ben Fork? That's right. that's that's uh, Aaron Spelling, and and then he's also on at the end of the show when they break out of the square dances. They're breaking out of prison, so right. um, yeah, it's, it's it's funny you see some of these people that made their careers uh, in television other than in front of the screen, uh, and um, uh, Aaron Spelling, Sheldon Leonard, and and a, and a whole host of others um, fall into that category. Chuck Cardillo hitting Super Chat. Also, Leon Probitsky hitting Super Chat. Thank you very much from the two of you. And um, I don't see the chairman was supposed to, uh, Scott Briller, uh, he must be, must have, must, got, must have his hands full. He was going to send 
uh, a Briller Jeopardy where both of us would have to try to guess the answers. Uh, so oh. um, he's going to send it this morning. I don't see it. So I guess what we'll do is because I, I um, we got to wrap the show up because I have to I have to get on the road and get back up into North Georgia because I have a pizza party to go to later today. Oh, lovely. So <laughs> so um, so we'll call it a day. Uh, the uh, just a reminder, folks, uh, as uh, you know, our sponsors. Oh, here we go. Um, let's see. Oh, a special Briller Jeopardy today. Joe and Joe versus the chat board. Twelve letter tropical systems have been retired. How many can you name? I let's hold that off till tomorrow because I I really got to I I I got to wrap up the show now. So okay. um, Omni True Value Hardware at twelve twenty six North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, as they get ready. For winter, uh, 631-756-1125 for the best prices in town. OmniTrueValue.com is the website. And Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini, your complete holiday lighting specialist, meeting all your decorating needs. Whether you want your home decorated or if you want this as your business or you are in this business, uh, they're at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. They have an open house event for contractors on Tuesday, October the 5th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, you can RSVP by calling them at 631-957-5106, or you can go to their website, uh, which is liholidaylighting.com. So let's get that out of there, and let's get us back in here to say goodbye. And uh, we will see you tomorrow night. So we'll wait, we'll hold the Burler Jeopardy off until tomorrow. At, uh, at tomorrow night's show at 7.30 Eastern time. Okay? Okay. Um, get get your pizza party. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I don't think JJ